right, and it looks like we are good to get started here. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to tonight's episode of the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is episode number 202. I'm your host, Invader, and I gotta say, I'm really looking forward to getting into all the topics tonight, even, even a surprise one from the looks of it. Um, let's see, Xbox announced the 20th anniversary celebrations, we'll give you our thoughts on what you'll be seeing there. Also, uh, there was just a random drop, like an hour ago, about uh, seeing Halo Infinite campaign gameplay early in the morning. Uh, seems to be getting everybody pretty stoked, including myself, so uh, we will definitely talk about that. Also, there's been a couple of recent interviews with heads of Xbox Game Studios. We will dive into those and a few other things. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, there's a bit of a new look to the show. We've taken some feedback from all of you, and we hope that you like what you see and what you hear. Let us know in the chat and in the comment section after the show how things are and the quality of the audio. We do a lot of testing beforehand, but hey, input is always appreciated. Uh, let's see. Oh, and also, hey, special thanks to the Indie Gamer and Fastback for uh, said feedback and helping out. Uh, you guys rock. Definitely friends of the show. Now, with that said, let's get to introducing everyone tonight's panel. And hey, Centurion, what's up, buddy? Uh, how you been the past week? Oh, I've been doing well. Things are actually starting to go up on the up and up. Um, finally starting to uh, write out some scripts and wake Fanboy out of his gel cell and start filming again. I've uh, been also kind of grinding out uh, Far Cry 6. Amazing game. Lots of really good fun times. Shout out to the blue one. Uh, he's been co-oping that game with me here and there, and he's been making it even more fun. I mean, we went on like a reign of terror across the island uh, last night, just totally capturing bases and checkpoints. Um, and when I'm not playing that, I've been some PTK over on the shop podcast a few weeks ago, played Division 2 with me, and he basically gave me a new drug addiction called the D Division 2. I built a new character. And so uh, me, my two brothers that are basically very close to me, are we've been grinding that game out now. We're almost level 30, getting ready to uh, start tackling a lot of the DLC. We've almost made it through the entire main campaign. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing in gaming. And then obviously the news just keeps pouring out from social media, Twitter, all those great places. I mean, it's it's definitely fun to sit back and watch what's going on right now. Uh, yeah, no doubt. And we will, uh, dive into that a little bit. I mean, there's not really a lot that can be said, but damn, there is excitement. And I, I totally see in the chat right now, guys just filing in again. Don't forget to hit the like and share this out so that everybody knows that TXR is live at this very moment. And we want to talk about this breaking news with all everyone. So get them all in here. Uh, moving on down the list here, Eric Shockley, buddy. I know you're uh, getting some food now on the road, but uh, how you been? Pretty good. Just been trying to get to uh, that Metro Dread. I I don't understand where people say it's it's super hard. Like it's it's not even that hard. I don't even think it's the hardest. Metroid probably Fusion was probably more difficult, or any uh, game from from software. So get like, them all in here. Doesn't even compare. Uh, but yeah, it's been pretty awesome. It's actually been, because I don't have an OLED TV, so it's like, I have a pretty good TCL that gets really bright for like HDR, but some of this new Switch OLED, some of the, uh, just like some of the lights and the visor and everything kind of pop a little bit more. 
I was surprised, but uh, but yeah, that's been a blast trying to get through that in time for yeah. I should definitely in time for the uh, Forza, so uh, that drops on the ninth. So I'm really excited for that, but uh, and excited to see this uh, new Halo this morning or uh, <laughs> tomorrow morning. So, um, but yeah, that's what I've been down on right now is uh, that Metroid. Definitely pick that up if you have a Switch. Definitely don't let anybody tell you it's not worth sixty bucks. Like the experience, you won't even second guess your purchase. I swear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've been very curious about it myself. I've been wanting to pick up something for my Switch, and I'm again, I'm a big Metroid fan going all the way back. Um, like I've seen the comments, like you said, shock, but like, um, people say it's you know really hard. But I mean, I guess if you're not used to Metroidvania games, then I mean, you might be kind of you know. Any Castlevania game I've ever played is harder than this. It's not even Castlevania games are more of the harder like Metroidvania games, at least in my opinion, from compared to Metroid. Um, but this it feels like a premium. Like, you had your old Metroid 2D games, but this is, like, a nice premium in between, like, Metroid Prime. Because sometimes the suit, like, the suit looks really good, and you're close up on the suit, like, in third person. Kind of like what other M should have been on the Wii. Um, but, yeah, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the uh, the art style, and it, seems, it does seem to have a lot of personality to it, so... Yeah, I'm curious about it. I may wait a bit, but I, I am interested in the title. Uh... A, uh there's a comment in the chat i'm having a blast with metroid well hey there you go shock another another uh satisfied customer in the chat um yeah either way just uh you know i'm enjoying the news from uh metroid dread you know again i'm, I'm happy when good games succeed so uh congrats to nintendo on that one uh moving on down the list here general mld buddy uh how's things going at your end hey pretty good pretty good uh, currently uh, playing, I'm in the Halloween spirit here. I'm going to try and get through uh, the medium, Resident Evil 8, and an old 360 classic I haven't played, that never got around the chance to play, and it's uh, Condemned Criminal Origins. Mm. I'm going to try and get all three of those done before the month is out, and uh, pre-installing Forza Horizon 5. Can't wait to play that. And uh, yeah, let's. Uh, can't wait to talk about all the stuff that Xbox has been doing lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, buddy. Um... I, I you're right like i'm in the mood for like you know some more like spooky horror titles like again i i i'm a big fan of like sci-fi horror suspense thriller movies like i mean i can make a long list of movies i watch but uh, i've been going through a few games too like back for blood i've been playing recently you'll see the gameplay going on uh through the nice. video here but at the same time I have like a few games on the back burner, as everybody knows. One of those titles is The Evil Within Two, and I'm an I'm enamored with it. I just haven't had a chance to uh, get back into it at the moment. But man, I'm I'm really itching to get back into it. Have you, uh, MLD? Have you played uh, any of the two Evil Within titles? Oh yeah, I played them both earlier this year when like Bethesda did the whole Game Pass dump. Uh, around E3, mm. uh, Evil Within One, I'd say that was more uh, on the horror side. Evil Within Two was more like uh, a little more, I'd say, a little more like Resident Evil Four. Uh, it's still horror elements, but it's it's it leans a little, a little towards the action adventure. But hey, that's that's fine with me. Like it was a great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Definitely play it. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I gotta say, Tango, I I'm impressed. Like both games are like two different kind of styles. I mean, from the 
I guess there's two different directors on the titles, but like they're both excellent games. But I again, I still got to play like really get through the second title there. Um, Tim Dog won't be making it tonight, guys. Uh, last minute he got uh, what was it, Nick tickets? So uh, he'll be at the basketball game and uh, you know having a few beers. But I, I see him tweeting away. I'm pretty sure everybody and their grandmother tagged him with like the Halo news going out right now. So uh, I can tell he's pretty fired up. Uh, man, if you <laughs> believe me, he would be uh, going on right now. But speaking of which, guys, let's uh, let's talk about that because yeah, Xbox, all the different Xbox accounts, Halo accounts, uh, we they're announcing uh, Halo Infinite campaign overview gameplay tomorrow, and the length of it seems to be about six and a half minutes, give or take a few seconds. Um, yeah, guys, we've been waiting for this a while. A lot of us were speculating, you know, when that would drop, like sometime after the second flight. I had pinned it originally, like I was hoping for the end of October, and here we are, but they went on a bit of silence, so damn. I mean, that was out of nowhere, and uh, I think a lot of people from the looks of it are pretty pleased. Uh, MLD, I know you just found out about it a few minutes ago. How are you feeling? Oh, I mean, like, we were talking in the pre before we uh, went live, and I was just like, uh, <laughs> I just cried out in excitement there. Like, this is before uh, before I expected it. I was expecting it to be on November 15, on the anniversary. So this is this has been very nice uh, news to hear. Uh, mm -hmm. Just, like, it's just like, well, what is it? Like, the fact that they're showing it now, like, when no one ex is expecting it, that's telling me that they're actually confident about it. That they're that they're doing it sooner than people were predicting. Like again, before the anniversary. So, I, I think that they're going to be ready for the uh, for all the reactions. Even people like trying to see everything wrong with it. I think they're. I think. I think we're going to be going to get a, a good showing. I think. I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I think that since a lot of people didn't have time, a lot of time to like dwell on it. Like again, it's again what like ten like what 10 11 hours away from it so i'm i'm pretty stoked i'm gonna be working uh when it drops but man oh man i'm i gotta admit guys i'm excited i see again i see so much of that in the chat uh centurion pal i mean you must be pretty stoked to uh finally see uh halo campaign stuff popped up oh yeah i'm excited to finally uh get my uh my camera out so that way i can screen capture every bad image i can find and plaster it all over the internet no i'm joking no i'm excited to finally uh get some uh, information out on the campaign ever since i saw that trailer that they released where chief was basically conversating with what i call new cortana or uh, cortana 2.0 um definitely I need to know more. I felt like that trailer was very gripping. I need to know more about the story. Uh, there's definitely a lot of unanswered questions we got going on. Uh, what is going on with Atriox? Is Atriox around? Uh, how are the uh, the the banished uh, basically going to interject themselves into this one? Because they were from Halo Wars 2. Um, and the big thing, at least in my mind, is what are we going to do with the character Locke? Um, is he going to become canon? Is he just going to get like a little, you know, thing in the beginning of the game and they just move on? Uh, those are the questions at least roll around in my head. But it also, I feel, frees Xbox up. And now that, that we've got Halo, the Halo campaign finally being talked about, this allows um, any events that they've got coming out between now and the 8th 
to not exactly have to have um uh, what is it to have to have it revolve around Halo exclusively because of the lack of campaign that has been shown? So I, I just really feel this is going to be able to finally uh, be able to kind of get this ball rolling and, be, and increase the excitement even more for Halo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. We still need to to see quite a bit, and I mean, I want some. Like, I, I don't know if you remember the trailer exactly that they released, like, again, over a year ago, the original one. But do you remember what, uh, oh, what's his name, Eshram, he had said? The, uh, uh, the Banished and the Harbinger, like, act as one or something like that. And, and I'm really curious who the Harbinger is, so, yeah. Um, see, that's the... Theories. Oh, I uh, there's a lot that can be said about that. I mean, did any did everybody here at least play Halo Wars two? Oh yeah, I played through it and yeah, the DLC. I, yeah. Okay, because that's where um, obviously if you never played Halo Wars two and that was not your thing, in in I don't believe the flood was in Halo five, correct? No, that's where Halo Wars came in. Halo Wars two came in, and wherever the Pillar of Autumn and all them ended up in. Um, Halo Wars 2, I hope I'm also getting the ship name right, but they obviously, the Banished and them, they were in a different part of the galaxy where there was another uh, stash of the Flood, and during their battle between the 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 Earth forces and the, the Banished forces, they inadvertently released uh, that version of the Flood, and that's where you have no idea what's truly going on, who they could be working together with, because we all got to remember in Halo 3, the Flood worked with Master Chief and the, um, oh my gosh, the, the, the guy from the Elite Forces. What's his the name? Arbiter. The Arbiter. What was his name? The Arbiter. The oh, Arbiter. Yeah, yeah. The, the, basically the Flood made a deal with them to basically because for whatever reason. I can't remember the lore exactly, but so it's not beyond the Flood to actually to hive mind and actually work together with another species to basically further its own uh, further its own conquest of the galaxy. But that's where, I mean, there's a lot of good story that can come out of this. I got excited when I heard that the Banished were back because I felt that um, throughout the Halo franchise, the Brutes were just what they were. They were just Brutes. They were the heavy the heavy muscle of the the covenant forces and now i felt that um atriox really gave a voice to the brutes he actually became in my opinion one of the more iconic bad guys of the halo world as a whole when it comes to the franchise and i really hope that this is going they're actually going to bring him forward into this game because i really felt he deserved a much bigger role in the franchise than just halo wars 2 mm -hmm. i mean oh yeah for sure like i just want to see the chief kicking ass and you know doing something memorable and like i don't know like just show off the game show off the game properly no bs don't go like too long into things just you know show a really nice like slice of content a nice slice of a, a level maybe a little bit of a you know, an in-game cutscene, whatever it may be, but, you know, just show off, like, a new weapon, a couple of, maybe, a uh, new enemy type, you know, just different things like that, maybe new Sentinel, and so on. 
a new vehicle, like just some new stuff to get excited about. But you know, just just a little sample, a little tidbit, just to really get us hyped for what's coming. Because again, guys, this game is dropping in like what a a month and a week, something like that. Something like that, yeah. So, Six weeks, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so it's really close. It is like just around the corner. So it's so close, it's palatable. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, I just want—I just really want them to show off. I, I remember, uh, you know, they had a little snippet back a few months ago at their uh, their showcase event, and it, it, the stuff looked nice from a distance, but they didn't really show off a lot, a lot. So. I want to see what kind of polish they did to these characters up close and personal. I want to see like all the detail on the brutes, grunts, uh, marine armor, vehicle, just everything, and just see like the beautiful landscape traversal. Again, like I, I could go into so much guys and just blather on, but you you get it, and I see the excitement really coming out. Just again, just a random um announcement out of nowhere out of the blue and bam like the entire internet is talking up a storm at the moment i wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, trending on social media at the moment um see I, I get controversial when i make the comments of i totally was not bothered by the original gameplay shown of um halo infinite i i accepted that that build was months old and that they had already that there was probably a lot of a lot more work that needed to be done that was obvious um and i'm glad that they did delay the game to be able to do even more polish and more work to what was already there but i actually enjoyed watching the um the campaign the campaign footage that was shown originally um i mean it was really nice to see the him use the grappling hook mm -hmm. it was nice to see him the fighting the ai um and like i know everybody made a big deal out of craig but we're talking about a screen capture that if you were to play it it literally wasn't even on screen i think it was like i think it was like just under like one and a half seconds so it was like, like a millisecond you literally had to go back freeze from freeze frame in motion when he punches him to snap it i can do that with uh last of us there's plenty of spots where in motion it drops some of the resolution on the face like like it, there's one in the horizon forbidden west when she's like starting to hang glide and you look at her face and it looks all like just muddy like the texture is gone but, and, you know, but, and that's tricks yeah. developers use to basically push the game and make it run better is they know that you know uh, they know like, it's kind of like funny i watch a developer that says you know as you're moving forward the game is deleting itself behind you you know and that's where it's kind of it, it's the tricks that developers use to basically keep the game running right and it's that's where when a developer looks at it it's like well this person literally exists for a half a second why do we need to make sure that the resolution's cranked up to 8k on his face slowing down the game um that's where i just did not get up in arms when the original footage was shown i understand that there was some work that needed to be done but at the same time let's not at any time did these developers come out and say this is the final freaking product oh yeah i mean I, I, obviously when i saw it i was a little underwhelmed by the graphics but at the same time I, I had my eye on the prize like this was like by far the biggest environment we've ever seen and the gameplay was on point like I've said it a year ago, I'm saying it now, it's far easier to fix like a graphical, uh, no, it's far easier to do graphical touch-ups than it is to fix a broken gameplay, you know? So I, I think while everyone's talking about the graphics, I mean, 
the foundation was solid. And if it looks anything like the multiplayer, I think I think we're going to be in for a good time. Well, that's what I was just about to bring up to MLD because again, we got to sample this game uh, in the midsummer. We got to sample it at the end of September earlier this month as well. Uh, a couple of different flights going on, and I mean, I was impressed by the level of detail and the environment. Uh, sound design and you know a few other things. The sandbox was a lot of fun to play around with, and again, I just it kept me wanting more and more. So I just like I'm just overall I'm really excited to see how things have progressed with the campaign. I was one of those people uh, like you guys who again like you guys can go back to when we were talking about it um, like back then. Um, I, I was, um, I was really happy with what I saw. I mean, but like everybody else was saying, you know, it did need to look sharper. It wasn't exactly the same quality I was expecting and I was hoping they would delay it, but that's all been said before we're here now and yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked for tomorrow and just generally curious to see what they give us, what they show us and you know, what's new. And, you it's know. probably going to be a very amazing looking game. I mean, can anybody really name off the top of their head uh, a game where the multiplayer looked way better graphically than the, than the actual campaign? Because generally the multiplayer is dulled down to be able to save processing power for the fact that it's an online multiplayer and the campaign is generally where they turn it up to 10 and they have all the, sa the settings cranked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, guys. I mean, uh, there's not a lot to gauge right now other than, hey, we got something for tomorrow morning to look forward to. And, yeah, I mean, from what you guys were saying earlier, it's going to be dropping at, like, 9 in the morning Eastern time. So I'm going to have to find uh, time on my break to watch it. And, man, I'm just stoked. I'm stoked like a lot of other people uh, on social media, even in the chat right now. Just uh, really looking forward to it. Just think, like, from where it was yesterday, or not yesterday, but the last year, like, midsummer, uh, like, the gameplay wasn't, the, definitely wasn't the issue. It was just, like, the visuals need, did need a little bit more polish, for sure. And they've had, you know, what, more than a year and a half, basically, to polish from that instance. So, it should, I'm definitely uh, expecting high, high, you know, high expectations here. I just want to see like a weapon I haven't seen before. I want to see a Promethean vehicle. Like I've always uh, speculated, like what what would a Promethean tank look like? Like things like that, you know, or even like like the banished twists on their vehicle, on the Covenant vehicle designs. Like we've seen some stuff, and I like to see Halo Wars two banished vehicles come into the game. Mm -hmm. So there's so much there's so much they can do. I don't want to set my my expectations too high, but. Again, the fact that they're doing this as a surprise, I think they're pretty confident in what they have to show us. Mm -hmm. Like, I, yeah, like, don't get your hopes too, you know, for it. Just, again, be realistic with the expectations with the game. There'll be, obviously, a lot of familiar stuff. Or there'll be a lot of Banish-themed uh, things. And, uh, you know, again, some surprises as well. Um I have been keeping up with the leaks. Again, I, I won't share them because, again, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, and I don't know where exactly certain leaks leak uh, lead, I should say. But 
uh from what, there there is stuff to look forward to guys and i'm pumped i'm pumped and uh again there's not a, too much to go off of here except that we're gonna see something tomorrow but judging from the energy a lot of people want to see this there's a lot of excitement so uh you know just uh you know raise your hand in the chat you know if you're excited you know tell us what you're looking forward to see in the gameplay tomorrow you know chief kicking ass or whatever it may be and so on seeing some new enemy types whatever it may be uh, but guys, we will, uh, stray away from that and, uh, cause that will be a talking point for next week for sure. Uh, but we will move into, I guess our first official topic of the night, but, or topic number two, I guess now, um, obviously Xbox announced that they'll be having an official Xbox anniversary celebration, highlighting a couple of games that have recently came out as well as what we'll be expecting to see in a few weeks and more. Uh, MLD buddy, I'll hit you up again. I think we are all expecting some kind of uh, event or stream from Xbox. What do you think we'll be seeing there, judging from what they're saying? Okay, well, uh, I mean, I'm going to temper my expectations for one, but I, that said, I think we're going to get a little something to be excited about. Like, I, I think it'll start off with like some kind of like interviews with prominent Xbox executives over the years. They'll give us a brief history lesson of the original Xbox, the 360, Xbox One. Give us the highlights, the things that they innovated in the industry, you know, like Xbox Live for the original Xbox, the achievement system. I think they'll do like things like that. They'll just really like pump up the things that they, you know, uh, pioneered in the industry and the things that they're, they're really proud of. It'll be like stuff like that. But then I think they'll get into things like, um, I mean, they've been really quiet on the frames boost front. Like, they did that earlier in the year, but then they just, you know, stopped. I think, I mean, I hope, anyway, they'll give us another dump of uh, games that are frame rate boosted. But even that, I think people want more uh, backwards compatibility games added. Because I think uh, 360 has about 500 games that are more or less compatible. X, The original Xbox has, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like 50 or so, give or take. I feel like we're due to get, like, just more. So I feel like they're going to uh, drop some games there too. Uh, maybe some Game Pass editions as well. Like uh, maybe some games will be on Game Pass. You know, just give, you know, add the value, get people excited. So um, uh, overall, it'll be like one of those lighthearted celebrations of Xbox kind of thing. But give us give fans something to talk about. Give fans something to actually game uh, in the present. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'm definitely going to watch it, see what they do, and just uh, yeah, get excited for it. Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, again, I'm generally curious. I, I think they're kind of setting our expectations, uh, like, to be, um, you know, kind of on level here. Because, you know, they're basically saying, you know, don't expect, like, a lot of new things. Uh, like, for example, I don't, I don't, I think they basically said it, said, oh, I uh, don't expect like a lot of new game announcements per se, but they'll be showing again games that we know about. Like they'll be highlighting games that came out recently. Uh, for example, Psychonauts 2, Flight Simulator, the uh, Game of the Year or Gold Edition, whatever it's called. And uh, oh yeah, and Age of Empires 4, which is coming out on PC, I believe, in a couple of days. So uh, that's around the corner. And obviously games that are coming out very, very soon. Forza Horizon 5, Halo. I would assume that, I mean, 
I wasn't expecting there to be a trailer dropped tomorrow, so um, I still think that there will be some Halo highlighted at the show. It's just a matter of what they show. And, like, what else? I mean, maybe, what, the gunk? I, I think that's supposed to be... That's an indie exclusive that's supposed to be released in early December, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. I'm you should praying some uh huh. Yeah. 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 They've uh, been pretty silent on that as well. So that was supposed to drop a year ago, and oh, yeah, and they kept and someone said that like, hey, we're on fate on track for this year, but we haven't heard anything. But yeah, I, I, don't know, I feel like if they're gonna <laughs> announce anything new, it's it's gonna be at the VGAs because uh, I mean, as we all know, last year they were pretty. They, they they dominate that show there with, with announcements and with Perfect Dark and uh, was it Arc Two was time exclusive uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. I think we'll see the new things over there. So they're they're gonna give us the old and uh, you know the the legacy stuff in November and December. They're gonna drop us like that kind of like new things to get excited about. Like I feel like I mean if I can go on uh, go off on, on this tangent here, I, I feel like um, Compulsion is due for a reveal. Where we seem to be hearing about them lately, and they've been way too quiet. And also maybe some uh, time third party games as well. Maybe even a trailer for Hellblade or Avowed. Those were rumored to be shown possibly at the VGAs. So I feel yeah, we we got a lot to look forward to, like past and present and future. So. Uh, it's good that they're spacing it out. Like, like really, yeah. I mean, they got so much coming. It's good to, you know, give us specific dates to be excited. Yeah. Mm, and that, again, like, that really raises the question of, I mean, do they really need to show, like, anything new, like, for the near future? I mean, technically, guys, they could just wait until uh, E3, right? I mean, because they have a lot of IP announced, and we still haven't seen a lot of gameplay for... Well, a good portion of them, whether it be Hellblade, um, again, like anything new from Crossfire X, a lot of the indie titles, again, Scorn had gotten delayed into uh, 2022. There's a lot of titles, like uh, there's some that are just eluding me off the top of my head, but I'm sure you, you guys could like just look at a list online of like titles coming from Xbox Game Studios. It is enormous, like... I mean, I know Contraband is still in early development, but it would be nice to see something, you know, uh, from that title. Avowed got announced last year, or over a year ago. It would be great to see something there. And so on. Like, <laughs> they got a lot. And then, like you said, MLD, too, they had... Uh, what did they announce last year at uh, the Video Game Awards? Perfect Dark, Arc 2, and... Uh I think I think Warhammer was there, there as well. Oh yes, Warhammer Dark Tide. Yes, and that's yeah. another one that got delayed. So, so like so like two time third party games and one first party game. So I mean, if that's the bar that they set, I mean, I, I say we're we're in for a good show. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, what just happened made a good uh, comment in the chat. Man, I hope they show some Redfall gameplay. I mean, that title's supposed to be coming next summer. Do you think that they would? Uh be brave enough to show off some gameplay at this point i mean it, i mean anything is possible if, if it's already been announced so i mean maybe. sure i mean i'm sure they're aware of that leaked alpha screen so maybe they want to change perceptions on that and let that the official gameplay uh you know snowball instead so eh, it, who, who knows really yeah like i'll be honest 
I, I wasn't too phased by what I saw. Again, leaked alpha is leaked alpha. Like, it just, you know, you don't really think too much of it. I mean, you look at the style of the game, but, like, it's very early on. I remember years ago when I saw uh, Halo Reach alpha, uh, before that even got, like, officially shown off. And, I don't know, it's, again, it's early gameplay, guys. Like, you know, early, like, little snippets of anything that don't have a lot of... Uh, detail in them so you just kind of take it for what it is so yeah not a big That's deal true. to me not a big deal to me um and that and again that goes for like any system any game it just again early is early whatever uh oh and uh we got a comment in the chat about exo mecha as well i believe that's the uh free-to-play uh mech shooter that looks absolutely nuts that i want to play yeah that got delayed as well Oh, man. Again, guys, they got a lot to show off. I mean, I, again, I would argue that they they really don't need to show off anything new at the moment. Just show us, give us confirmed dates and uh, some more uh, new gameplay for titles that we already know about. That would, that would be some nice icing on the cake to finish off the year. Um, just to, again, get some expectations <laughs> kind of in line. Uh, but actually, MLD, too, back to what you were saying about backwards compatible titles. Yeah, I would love to see um, if they announce any of those. I mean, the backwards compatibility team has been kind of silent when it comes to that stuff. And I think they've been kind of teasing, if I'm not mistaken, that, you know, there might be an announcement there. I mean, again, it's like it's the 20th anniversary. It's the 20th anniversary of Xbox. So you'd think that they would want to celebrate by having all kinds of more games available for people to play what you know from the old the old like systems the the original xbox the 360 and so on and there's a lot of titles a lot of gems on there that people might have missed out on um like uh centurion i'll just pick on you for a sec uh like is there anything in the backwards compatible library that you would like to see uh, brought in Not off the top of my head, I can't say anything, but my backlog is also five miles long, so I feel like I'm drowning. I think that probably has something to do with it. But I do believe that they are probably going to fire backwards compatibility up. I mean, I said that, like, I know we've got, like, a celebration event coming up with uh, Xbox, and I feel like there's a lot more to celebrate about Xbox than just gaming in itself. I mean... Uh, MLD mentioned Xbox Live earlier. You know, I understand the Sega Dreamcast came out with an LAN card or the port in the back, but I really feel that Microsoft were the ones that captured that. They, the original Xbox came out of the box with a local area network card. Uh, it led to everybody dragging their Xbox and TVs to their friends' houses and setting up these massive LAN parties. But it was also um, some of the innovation that Microsoft pushed. I mean, the fact that they put a hard drive physically in the console, that was blew everybody's minds. It made the original Xbox completely unique. And that, fell, uh, that came forward with the uh, Xbox 360, where they, Xbox 360 is where we started seeing the digital marketplaces and the concepts of buying games digitally, which freaked everybody out. Um, and that came to fruition in X during the Xbox One era. 
and the Xbox One era is where we really saw backwards compatibility really light up and become a very big thing because Microsoft wanted people to feel comfortable making these digital purchases, knowing that the games would come forward with them. And I really feel they did a good job of making me feel comfortable in purchasing the um, digital games because that's all I pretty much do anymore. And, I mean, Xbox really needs to be celebrated for a lot of the things they do. I mean, we see a total divergence in inclusivity versus exclusivity. We all know who's over here pounding the exclusivity bandwagon, which seems to be falling to PC. That's a different story in itself. But with inclusivity, Microsoft wants everybody to be able to enjoy their games, not only by the platform you play on, whether it's PC, console, mobile, anywhere that xCloud can be. Um, but let's also look at Xbox is the only actual game console manufacturer that created a controller for disabled gamers. I mean, they really want everybody to experience these games uh, with the adaptive controller. We just recently saw um, them celebrating disabled uh, gamers with disabilities just the other month. Um, I feel Microsoft has a lot of reasons to be championed outside of all the great games they give us on a constant basis, in my opinion. Um, and definitely, I'm looking forward to the future of Xbox, everything they're going to give us. And I know whatever they put out, whether it's backwards compatibility, new games, I'm just looking forward to everything they're doing right now. This is why I've always made Xbox my home and enjoy the people in the community around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I could uh, just add to, like, the backwards compatible list, because I've been itching to replay these games on the new system, just with, like, some natural little tweaks and boosts they get uh, from the hardware. I would just love to see games like Warhammer 40k Space Marine pop up, because I, I'm a Warhammer nut. That would nut. be one I missed. That, I would agree with you on that one. I'll, I'll, I'll second that. I'm a bit of a 40k nut, and while I'm not a Space Marine player per se, that was a, I, I thought that was a pretty good... Uh, third-person shooter uh, story was all right and uh, just fun it was fun Liber so when it comes to backwards compatibility there is games that have got me excited and i bought them day one the, the day they became available on the backwards compatibility list uh the first one was an og xbox game uh star wars republic commando uh, I mean, yes. that's a hidden gem. If you've never played a first-person star wars game uh, that was that was a really really good one uh, and then for me, it was uh, the Ghostbusters game that came out that was way better done than the, the Ghostbusters movie we got uh, a few years back. <laughs> and so, I mean, like, and I will be absolutely honest, not only did I play that game when it came out, I bought it day one when it became backwards compatible, and I also got that game Ghostbusters Remastered for the updated graphics and everything. So there is older games that tickle my fancy. Um, it just happens, like, it's kind of funny how you'll forget about some of these games because of all the content we constantly have just being shoveled over to us, either whether it's in Game Pass or not Game Pass. It just feels like there's a lot of games out there to play. And all of a sudden, here comes a backwards compatibility tweet, and you're just like, oh my god, I forgot about that game. I really want to play that again. Mm -hmm. And I also, I also have to give a shout-out to the Fear games. Fear 1, 2, 3. Okay, maybe not so much 3, but it was a fun game gameplay-wise. I will say that. It's a, it is a fun Fear, game. I never played Fear. Uh, Fear 1 was awesome. Fear 2 was great. I never played Fear 3, but 
uh, definitely, that is a hidden gem in itself, a game that basically makes you see things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, again, I like some spooky titles, and that one just hits a lot of uh, spots the right way, and... Yeah, I mean, I just—it's a series that I would love, love to see back uh, to be able to play natively on the consoles. Make things a lot easier, right, guys? And I've seen a lot of love about uh, for those games coming back. And I know I'm missing a heck of a lot of titles, guys, but still, would love to see them along with a lot of Xbox originals. I mean, I would love to see back from the OG Xbox, uh, Mech Assault, the two Mech Assault games, Ooh. make their way over. But I know because I like of what somebody just put in the chat, Riddick. That right there, that would be one oh, I'd probably yeah. day. I would day one that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that would be pretty cool, right? But uh, or uh, that are uh, that are live for. I think that was a 360 launch title, though. Which was one? It? I think so. The one with the Spartan fighter. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was, it was right after launch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but like I mean, like, thinking of the Xbox originals though, no, I think I would like them to add achievements. Not something, not 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 like full achievement support, but like maybe, maybe like a minor achievement support, like maybe one or two per game. <laughs> I feel like there's some games I want to play, but I feel like <laughs> maybe not because again, like I'm not adding to my gamer score. As petty as that sounds, I feel like if they were to do that, they would really increase the engagement for the original Xbox titles. No, yeah, because uh, even uh, Sony does that. With uh, PS2, you can play GTA 3. I was get, playing that to get ready for the uh, trilogy. Um, and you can get trophies for playing GTA 3 like PS2. So oh, well, There you go. I mean, if they can do it for their backwards compatible games, I don't see how Xbox can't do it soon either. I'm sure they noticed that too. So, eh, well, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Now, since we missed it on uh, last week's show because uh, of some issues, uh, did anyone on the panel, because uh, there was some uh, goodies that were announced by Xbox uh, that were put up for pre-orders, uh, for example, that Xbox mini fridge was announced and people were, oh man, just like scouring to try and find them online. <laughs> it was in my cart. I literally was putting in my Really? Wow payment information and it was gone <laughs> I, yeah that's that's, I, that's how that story goes i'm a little i still once again shake my head at the fact that retailers do not know how to uh circumvent bots at this point it, it shakes my head i mean it's kind of funny in my industry with the kind of stuff we sell there is actually things put in place to prevent bots from doing what they're doing and it, these these online retailers refuse to actually implement things. I mean, it's literally something as simple as putting up a CAPTCHA where you have to hunt down all the fire hydrants because a bot cannot recognize things. All they see are just stuff on the screen. Um, I, there's all sorts of ways to implement this. There could have been email lists for people to sign up ahead of time to get emailed for availability. Um, I think there was an article floating around that one scalping group literally got about 160 of them when you were only supposed to be able to purchase one at a time. So to really put that, I mean, you had a lot of bots running to be able to do that. You should have done it. They should have allowed it uh, or should set up something because you can purchase system accessories to your Xbox. So at least for the first batch, they should have had you had to sign in 
to purchase it because this is like a fan meme meme item it's not like hey you can only get an xbox it's not like hey they're going to win a generation by selling fridges so at least for this first because it is a it's a fan item so make it so you have to use your xbox browser like your xbox like in the rewards you know you have to go there and purchase it that way at least for the first initial batch that way we all get it get a chance to get it that would have been smart, but I get it because they need to use Target as the distributor to get a bunch out there. But hopefully they get Target to like, hey, after this first pre-order, put them on your shelves. Don't only sell them online. And the only reason they're in the store is because someone purchased them already online and you're there to pick it up. Because that's why you can't get a PS5 because the bots already got them and then they walk in the store and pick it up. <laughs> Did you hear what they were yeah. doing in Japan to stop scalpers? No. Uh, so the re- uh, a retailer in Japan will physically write the person's name on the box in a hard tip felt pen. So if you even try to wipe it off the box, it's carved into the cardboard of the box. So that way you actually know who scalped the console. And it's actually starting to deter scalpers in Japan because most scalpers rely on uh, anonymity to do this. And they did not like the fact that basically their name and address was carved into the side of the box. Hmm. I didn't. I was not aware of that, Centurion. So uh, thanks for uh, notifying us about that. That's uh, an interesting idea. So it, there is ways to do this. It's just you know, regretfully these these online retailers. I'm not trying to be a jerk in saying this. They 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 could give a rat's butt on the fact that they're being scalped because in their minds, hey, we sold them all. But it's like you sold them all to somebody. Like, I think somebody was like, had them on eBay for $400. Yeah, come on. Like, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, it's kind of sad. Like, MLD for, uh, I don't know if you were looking for it. I can't remember exactly. But for us here in Canada, it's a little different. I... I mean, I, I tried looking on the Target website, but none were available. And then uh, Aaron Greenberg had made a comment saying that Canada will find out details soon. Uh, they told us to look on, I believe it was the Xbox Gear website or the Xbox Shop. And I don't know, I, I still haven't seen any details, have you? Uh, no, no. I mean, I don't think we even have Target. I mean, Target attempted to be in Canada for a oh, little yeah. bit, but it just fell apart spectacularly. <laughs> Well, if so I'm... they just went back to the states there. Yeah, no, and I, yeah, I know what you mean by that. Uh, they were a flash in the pan, a fart in the wind, if you will. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think they had directed us to the website that we would be able to purchase even from the American site, but uh, still, just nothing. Like they all sold out, and we still. Ha- I don't think we've gotten actual word about like how Canadian pre-orders are going to go. Along with uh, obviously a few other places around the world, it's just. I wish the communication was a little more, uh, like there was a lot more available about that. So, ah, just kind of a shame. Uh, the, I, to point out, like what I said earlier on, like to prevent this, um, in my job, we actually buy and resell products that are used to build other products. And some of the, the, the ordering systems I have to use online before I'm even allowed to go to the web page's main page, when you type in the web address, 
it instantly keys you into um, a little bit of a test where you have to do a CAPTCHA, a math equation, and some other things just to verify that you're a living human being before you're even allowed to see the, the main page of the website to put in the orders because they even tell you in the beginning that they, that this is done to circumvent bots that have been set up by companies that are trying to buy up all the product to drive up the cost of these things. So this is just stuff that my industry has been already implementing to prevent this, and it's just amazing that other companies aren't doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, hopefully... Uh there's going to be more available as time goes on. I know this is just going to be a limited edition kind of thing. As shock was saying, it's just like, it's a, it was a meme and it, it's cool that they did this. I thought it was neat. I'm not saying it's on my priority list of things to get, but like I already have a few little knickknacks <laughs> um, as far as the Xbox 20th anniversary goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a shame how kind of things have, uh, worked out that way and some scalpers got their hands on uh, the fridge and I mean that's always going to be the case but I just I wish that it worked out a little better and then companies thought these a little uh, thought through them a little better but oh what you gonna do right guys uh, oh we got a super chat from you know I may screw up this name I'm sorry in advance uh, Agaratos Henosis uh, from Australia with uh, three dollars and seven cents in Australian buckaroos love your show PS my ex backlog is getting humongous mind-blown emoji <laughs> no doubt buddy I mean how many times am I on this show talking about my backlog it is absolutely insane I gotta stop buying games and uh, the sales don't help to say the least <laughs> I'm sure many people on the uh, the show can uh, vouch for that Pass doesn't help <laughs> yeah game pass doesn't help either that's correct um okay we will uh move on to some other news guys but again lots of excitement on the X xbox camp to say the least um over the past week we saw a couple of interesting interviews with key xbox individuals from xbox game studios phil spencer was speaking with the wall street journal on the topic if there will be any more studio acquisitions in the near future and phil stated and i quote we're definitely not done. There's no quota, no timeline where I have to go acquire studios by a certain time. But if we find a studio where we have a good fit, absolutely. I mean, I think that's pretty clear as day what he's saying. But uh, you know what, Centurion, I'll uh, I'll hit you up on this one. Uh, you're pretty well versed in all these uh, different industry talks. What do you think of Phil's statement here? Are they just settling after like their massive Zenimax Bethesda deal? Uh, you know. They're, I mean, they, they got to obviously be talking to a whole bunch of studios on the side, right? Yes. Sorry, it took a second. The mute button's in a different place now. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. Um, so let's think about this objectively. You know, the fact that they spent, like, over the money that they did on Bethesda, that was actually ranked as a once-in-a-lifetime deal. You're not going to constantly see these guys out here dropping nuclear deals like that. But right now, the state of gaming is in such a in such a state of flux. I mean, it's like exploding like crazy. There's a lot of people starting to interject themselves into the situation. We just saw Amazon uh, come off with New World. They actually did come. New World is a little bit of a success for Amazon, which shows that 
they have potential as being a competitor. And when we compare checkbooks, Amazon and Google have a checkbook just as big as Microsoft. So it just comes down to if one of these companies does come up for sale, Microsoft would probably consider getting them. That's where we've seen um, some of these uh, exploratory partnerships with great companies like Crystal Dynamics. And I mean, um, the, the interview with Matt Booty, where he talked about how Crystal Dynamics actually put themselves out there um, to be a like a co-development kind of company all of a sudden like it wasn't something that they were expecting so they automatically jumped on that and I feel that's where Microsoft really is going to take advantage of any opportunity that pops up no matter how random it is especially if it's something that could help grow the industry for them and I mean like we're definitely I don't see them as done. I actually came out on a vote and said that I, I plan to hopefully see some studio talk um, at the VGAs because, let's be honest, Microsoft lately with the, the Video Game Awards has been known to have some pretty hefty mic drop moments because, let, let's be serious, the average um, PlayStation fan, somebody who is like very dedicated to PlayStation, um, is not going to be tuning in to an Xbox-centric um, show. They would probably use the the internet or um, YouTube to probably give them the news that would re be released there. But most gamers tune in to the Video Game Awards because, because they want to see their favorite game, their favorite developer get uh, awarded for what they do. They also want to see some of the new games that come out because there's a good variety of games that are shown at the VGAs and are not exclusive to one console or the other per se. But Microsoft, let's really think about that. They came out with the Series X at the VGAs. I mean, Phil Spencer walked out there, revealed the Series X. It blew everybody's mind, including Jeff Keighley's. And then they also came out, um, what was it, last year? And what was the game there? Forgive me, I keep... Was it Hellblade or I thought Hellblade was released with the Series X? Yeah, that's true. Last year was Perfect Dark. That's right. It was Perfect Dark last year. Um, and that's one another one that they got captured because everybody's in, interested in what the initiative is doing, especially with the talent over there. And I'm just waiting for Microsoft to come out once again at the VGAs with this mic drop moment. Um, and, I mean, let's, dude, it could be something as crazy as working with uh, Hideo Kojima. I mean, Microsoft is really exploring every avenue they can. Um you know, I could go on about this all day long, but I'm no like everybody here on the panel is more familiar with Sega than I am. And I, everybody always talks about how Microsoft really should uh, get in partnership with Sega um, and all these other Asian developers. And there's all and there's been a huge, huge interest all of a sudden from uh, Asian developers with the Xbox ecosystem because the uh, the ecosystem is starting to explode over there. They also now have xCloud. So I'm, I mean, sky's the limit, honestly, for this whole situation, because I mean, the pandemic of 2020 really created uh, something that Microsoft really did not expect. And they were able to capture that with the growth that they received. So let's see what happens. I mean, I do think that they've done a lot over the past two, three years to adjust their studio situation and i'll admit it's possibly time for a breather to just you know again uh, like you were saying centurion that was a once in a lifetime purchase that uh, 
ZeniMax deal. So, and you know, people forget how many studios were involved there, and and even just the amount of uh, people that were involved in that purchase, the amount of studio personnel. Uh, that's a lot. You know, we're talking hundreds, you know, if not again, probably thousands of uh, people being added to uh, to Xbox, and they're constantly expanding. I mean, we see the different job listings too for these various studios. Plus, they're expanding the other studios that they acquired. I mean, anything is possible, but I I, I well, do think do that they we have will see to a really breather. purchase. Well, I don't really see them of having to purchase anything mm -hmm. per se. It's also nice to see them starting to go down the route of having second party deals once again, because like, let's be frank, you know, second party deals bit them in the ass last generation. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where um, we're starting to like with Square Enix, uh, I mean, excuse me, with Crystal Dynamics. Um, and the other two are eluding me, but I, it, I, if I'm right, they have like around three uh second party development deals going on with different companies so maybe they're not just limiting it to oh we're we're only going to deal with companies that we buy maybe they're mm -hmm. starting to get enough of a powerhouse where these second party development companies are wanting to take microsoft seriously and excuse the expression not f off with the money and build other games when they should be building things that they that they were paid to do in the first place and i'm looking at you platinum <laughs> yeah, well, I could I could go on about Scalebound uh, for a while, considering I got some uh, some merch from uh, for that. Um, but you know, I will say though, and somebody mentioned this in the chat and alluded to in this conversation. So for the twentieth anniversary event, they had kind of tempered the expectations for new games being shown off. So they gave kind of a roadmap. However, I mean, there's got to be some things probably that we might not know about, and this might be one of them. I mean, who's to say that they couldn't announce an acquisition? Who's to say that, again, Sega worked with Xbox quite a bit early on uh, with the original Xbox, and wouldn't that be fitting if they announced on the 20th anniversary that, again, Xbox or, I mean, sorry, uh, Sega or another publisher that they have strong ties with or studio whatever it may be they acquire i mean that would you know that would uh, be pretty meaningful on a couple of levels and that'd be a i mean that would be a nice surprise right we can't forget about the flub that was done with that take two interview with phil spencer and the guy over at take two so that's not going to go away anytime soon i'm very interested in is that ever going to have any fruit to the mistake that was said or by some chance uh was that an absolutely a nothing bomb that is going to be left to be determined but i feel like that's where microsoft would be interested in an acquisition and not a studio per se but like you said a publisher uh somebody that would be able to help them with the, the being able to put out the, an even broader reach of gaming and the amount of games that they could put on the market mm-hmm Again, like, I, I would just like Xbox to take their time. We still have all kinds of games that we know are in production uh, from various studios. Some we know about. Some, again, we just know that they're 
working on some new stuff. Uh, there is a lot of excitement uh, in Xbox Game Studios, but that would be big. That would be massive. And I th honestly, that would be appropriate for the Xbox uh, 20th anniversary, in my opinion. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. But, I mean, even just, like, branching from Phil's comments to even Matt Booty's, I mean, going over to Booty's comments, he made some comments regarding Crystal Dynamics working on the new uh, Perfect Dark uh, when he was talking with Kinda Funny Games on uh, during their interview. Uh, he stated that Xbox is excited to work with uh, that team and that, you know, it's... Uh, you know, it's not unusual uh, to have, like, a co-development studio, but, you know, it just kind of worked out uh, the kind of, like, personnel connections that they have. I mean, obviously, uh, Daryl Gallagher worked for Crystal Dynamics, and uh, he's he's the head of the initiative, and I'm assuming there was a lot of back and forth between that. But, like, uh, Centurion, what do you make of uh, Matt's comments? Like, do you think that, uh, you know, we're talking about different acquisitions here. Do you think that... Uh, this co-development deal with the initiative and Crystal Dynamics, could it lead to something more? Because Crystal Dynamics is a pretty talented team, right? Right. Very talented. And so talented, it questions why in the heck were they sitting on their thumbs and put out uh, basically on the market as a co-development team? Why were they not... Why did Square Enix not have them go off and start development on a game in-house? Why were they offered to do this role? And I actually, in my opinion, think that Crystal Dynamics should in a way feel lucky because there was a little bit of a controversy that came out around the last partnership deal, and that was Rise of the Tomb Raider, which led to the, the apology letter for exclusivity, which is never been done for any other game like i don't see sony coming out saying sorry for final fantasy no not at any time has square enix come out and said that oh we apologize that final fantasy is exclusive but they had crystal dynamics at the time and i even think uh, mr gallagher was involved with this whole apology letter uh, uh where they had to apologize to the playstation community for one year exclusivity for a game that microsoft funded that the period end of story microsoft funded the development of rise of the tomb raider so why in the heck would it not be exclusive for at least a year and that's where i kind of laughed when i was like oh crystal dynamics is back that's interesting but it was matt booty's like comments that really showed that um obviously let's really think gallagher probably stayed in contact with a lot of the members of the team that were over there because you you're gonna make workplace relations and friends for life and they probably put it out there to gallagher that hey um we're not working on anything and they're not giving us another project we're kind of in a little bit of a holding pattern and so I'm pretty sure he went and told somebody at Microsoft who probably picked up the phone and said, hey, can we by chance, you know, borrow your team for X amount of dollars? And I really, you don't know, this could lead to um, um, a, per, uh, a studio purchase purely because there is a lot of talent in Crystal Dynamics that I feel shouldn't go to the wayside and just disappear because let's be honest, Square Enix uh, recently has had a little bit, a couple debacles, especially with the Avengers game and uh, Outriders. So I'm pretty sure they were in a little bit of a holding pattern where Square Enix is going back to the drawing board, figuring out what they're going to do next. 
Um, and if you want my personal opinion, I'm going to be sitting back and watching very closely this release of Guardians of the Galaxy because I, I, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, movies. I'm a big, huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. But this game has not struck any chords for me. Between gameplay and the story that they're putting out, it is definitely not like, oh my god, I need to play this now. I think I, because I was fooled by Avengers, I was basically um, also fooled with Outriders, um, and that's where I'm kind of like going to sit back and see what's going to happen. And I feel Square Enix has definitely done a few things to kind of at least push me back as a gamer and that's where they're probably not exactly get, having all the money that they probably expected and some of these teams were now being used to generate other sources of revenue mm -hmm. i mean judging by the way things are going at square enix with their western division uh their studios there in the west i wouldn't be surprised if they were willing to sell off their western division in all honesty yeah, uh, that's where i'm at and, you know, I don't know what they do with the Tomb Raider IP per se, but, I mean, it would be nice if they sold it along with the studios. I, I mean, there again, there is a lot of talent there. If I could see that talent go anywhere, preferably, I mean, maybe I'm just biased. I think that they would be a good fit with uh, Xbox Game Studios, but... Again, I think I, Tim has said this too. I think that there is a bit of like a, a trial period with these studios that they do have partnerships with, uh, whether that be Crystal Dynamics, IO Interactive for another rumored title, uh, Avalanche Game Studios, and so on, um, and just see how they fit. I mean, person. I mean, for, we don't know how these games are gonna do, but uh, out of all of them, I mean, Crystal Dynamics does have a pedigree. Uh, I've enjoyed their Tomb Raider reboots, so I don't, I, I'm fairly confident. I'm fairly confident in what they're able to do. I just I, I find uh, both Phil's comments and Matt Booty's uh, comments recently to be uh, uh, just very interesting overall, guys. Um, but again, we'll have to wait and see on a few things. Uh, let's see. I mean, I think if uh, we're all done with that, uh, we will move on to some other things and. You know, guys, it seems like Xbox Game Pass is still growing, but maybe not at the rate that we originally were speculating on. And, uh, you know, in a Microsoft filing to the SEC, they stated that the service grew subscribers by 38% compared to the last fiscal year. I mean, that's, that's pretty big. However, internally, Xbox was targeting for 48% growth. Um, you know, it's a little bit off, but still, I mean, that is, I mean, that's still a big chunk, but it, it's still a little bit down. Uh, Shockley, buddy, uh, what do you think, um, are some contributing factors for the overall, uh, lower performance here? I mean, uh, you know, why were they expecting more subscribers? Could it be because, oh, I don't know, a certain game got delayed? <laughs> yeah, uh, it definitely could be that, um. And I mean, there's definitely probably the biggest factor is probably the pandemic because like everything was seeing a dip from everybody mm -hmm. being locked in like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to go out to GameStop to purchase. Oh, got this Game Pass. Oh, cool. There's some cool games on there and they're 
you know, it's been pretty steady where they've had uh, some pretty nice additions in there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we still don't know if like have official numbers and this is still back from like June in the June numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be, well, you know, could definitely be past that and growing, um, but still overall good like growth. Um, and I think as we'll probably get into here in a bit, um, putting San Andreas definitive edition and there was a pretty smart move. Um, it's funny how that one should, like, I keep seeing the comparisons where, uh, this past week where people were like, I don't understand. Why are people not talking about PS now? It's, it has more games at, like the only difference is, uh, these uh, YouTubers and influencers are talking about it and not PS Now. Like, they're the, they're the same, or, or they say it's better. I'm like, nah. Like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason why the subscriber base is completely different in size. Um, but I did see that where GTA 3 is coming to PS Now. Apparently, it's only the PS4 version. It is not the next-gen version. And it's a month after the release whereas uh this is going to be the next gen version if you have a next gen console day one for san andreas so um that's that was a pretty good get um so that should definitely help it's funny how i get it it's not like a it's a definitive edition it's not like a brand new ip or brand new release of ip um but it's funny about the take two because this is a game that Take Two does not need to put in Game Pass Day One. Mm-hmm. Like this game would sell like hotcakes. It's GTA, and and you've, they definitely put in the work when you can see the comparison. So they it definitely looks way better. Uh-huh. So it's funny this is going to be in Game Day One, um, and not how they didn't just take the same approach with the PS Now edition and just like, hey, let's put, you know. Uh, after those initial month sales on both, okay, then we'll put them in there. But so that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even just to expand upon that, Shockley, mm-hmm. like yeah. So I mean, for those who don't know, yeah, Grand Theft Auto uh, the trilogy was recently announced, and yeah, a portion of those titles will be available in Game Pass day one. Uh, I, yeah, isn't it uh, San Andreas that's making its way to Game Pass? Yeah, San Andreas. Um, and that's definitely a lot. A lot of people didn't. Um, it's funny. A lot of people that played San Andreas and, and that loved that game did not play GTA Three or Vice City at all. Um, or maybe they, you know, maybe tiny bit like played the other two. But a lot of people played San Andreas um, way more than uh, than the others, or you know, didn't even play the others. San Andreas was a like mega sized game. You know, even though the other two were as well, San Andreas was even bigger in the, uh, you know, just in kind of like the gaming space, um, more popular. So, for like that might be enough. Like if it was just GTA Three, it'd be like, oh, this is nice, um, you know, because the world's it's still it's not like a complete remake. So since it's definitive edition, the world's still like much smaller in that game. Um, you don't have, you still not going to have a talking protagonist in, in that game. So the story, the story's kind of short. Um, 
but no, you're getting the San Andreas, um, so that's going to be interesting. And there was multiplayer in that game, I remember, so I wonder if that's like still intact. My biggest thing, though, is the music, because if any tracks are like missing from that, this is this is just going to really <laughs> suck, in my opinion. Just like, I'd almost rather play the ones on PS... Actually, I'd probably play them on my phone, because... Technically, the ones on the uh, PS5 that you can play right now, there is that ghosting effect that GTA, at least GTA 3, I haven't played Vice City on there, but uh, there is that kind of like ghosting of the image that's there, like that was on the PS2. Um, But it would have all the tracks, so it's like it would just kind of be such a bummer if there's any tracks missing. It would just like kind of ruin the experience for me, but... Well, what's interesting too, Shockley, is uh, remember that the uh, the head of, at least I think it was the head of Take Two. What was it? Uh, yeah. A couple of months ago, or I mean, it was it was a little bit ago, uh, where he had made a comment about uh, Game Pass and not wanting to put games on Game Pass. I can't remember the exact language of it, but I'm sure all you guys uh, remember those comments. Like it was. Just, I get his comment yeah. because. Like they're, they're like it's not like their console, so it's not like we're Xbox. Xbox puts Starfield in there because who cares? Even though it's a mega game, Xbox is seeing all the proceeds from it, all the accessories, all the mini fridges that are being like anything that brings <laughs> you in their ecosystem and you're buying all their stuff. They're just making money off of it. It's it's like a growth. Um, it's literally it growing the the brand, growing the whole ecosystem. So, but it is funny that he did drop that Game Pass numbers, and you understood that his games were had been in Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But no, he has a game that's about to drop in Game Pass here in a couple weeks. So it kind of gives more validity that he wasn't like not that maybe it wasn't at thirty million yet, but maybe it was you know inching closer and not like way off from that because he would have some inclination of like what that number is going to be because he was probably thinking of like what the numbers potentially would be when his game is in game pass with a uh, definitive edition with uh, san andreas so he was probably thinking ahead like hey this is what it could be at the end of the year and this is when we're dropping the next game in game pass and that was the originally i think i don't know who it was but their projection um where they thought Game Pass might be, might hit, you know, 30 million by the end, by year's end. So maybe it's not too far off. I don't know. So, I mean, since we still don't have any real numbers on it, but mm-hmm. it makes sense. He would have somewhat of an idea of potentially, you know, within a realm of, <laughs> I guess, so what, you know, what the numbers are, because he's dropping in, you know, the, San Andreas, their biggest piece of that, you know, yeah. probably the biggest get, the reason why, because a lot of people, because I get it, they're dropping it in Game Pass, and they want people to go, okay, cool, I tasted that, cool, let me drop 60 on it, and buy the whole thing. A lot of people play San Andreas, and they will be fine, and they're not even going to worry about touching the, the whole collection. So. Hmm. I mean, it is interesting, too, because over the past year or so, we have seen... 
again, not just these recent uh, games coming onto the service day one, but we've seen Grand Theft Auto V drop for a couple of months, and then you'll see, uh, was it Red Dead Redemption 2 coming on for a few months, and then, like, you know, kind of alternating. And then you see this drop, and it's like, you know, I mean, those are pretty significant titles to have on the service, especially, like, this is something brand new where you're seeing this definitive edition being, well, again, kind of broken up, but you're still getting one of those games in this edition day one into the service. I mean, that's pretty significant, in my opinion. Be in there for a bit, too, because the other ones, they gave you the deadline. They're like, yeah, it's going to be in there for, like, three months. You're like, oh, okay. Maybe I need to get on it. Um, they didn't give you a time frame on this, so usually Game Pass games are in there for almost just shy of a year, usually. Mm-hmm. So unless they give you a, a time frame up front. So. Yeah, like MLD, are you interested in uh, checking out any of the like any of the GTA trilogy like that got announced, or are you just gonna like weed through your backlog still? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we definitely have no shortage of games to play. That's for sure. Um, I never thought I don't think I have the time to play all three. I think I was just going to play San Andreas and look what happens. They happen to give us, uh, in my opinion, the best of the three uh, on Game Pass, because I think Grand Theft Auto 3 was one, you know, it, it was first to be 3D. It blew everyone's minds. And then you got Vice City. But I think San Andreas, I think it built upon those two before it. And I think it's like the biggest world, the most content, the most things to do, like the uh, the long, longest campaign. I mean, I think we definitely got the best of the three. So it's good. I mean, between Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite, I might, I might just uh, you know, knock through that game. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And the fact that it's, uh, what, optimized for Series X mm-hmm. and you got PlayStation. Because, again, PS Now has zero PS5 native games. So because of that... The subscribers suffer in that they only get the PS4 version of GTA 3, and again, it's a month late. So it's pretty clear we got the better deal at the two. So I'm happy Xbox. Uh, they're they're able to, again. You guys mentioned it that they're able to nego- even negotiate this kind of stuff with uh, with Take Two because yeah, they have been uh, pretty uh, reluctant lately. To, I mean, uh, given their PR about putting their games on Game Pass. But hey, Grand Theft Auto Five, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, I mean, you guys said that before. Like they're, you know, they're warming up to it, and I, I think people are noticing that. But um, if, if I may, like uh, pivot back a little bit, you guys mm-hmm. about the Game Pass. It was really, it's interesting um, how everyone was reacting to that. I mean, of course, uh, the PlayStation guys they jump all over that. But I, I have this theory. I, I think that. Um, the console, the game, game, the primary Game Pass subscriber base is from the consoles, and as long as we're in the pandemic and console production is slowing down, it's they can only make so much per week. I think we're gonna hit the this proverbial uh, Game Pass wall console-wise until console production can speed up. For Game Pass subscriber growth to really, really take off, they gotta crack the PC and the X Cloud market. And right now, they're both kind of in their infancy. I mean, sure, I'm sure Game Pass PC has some uh, subscriber uh, as a decent following, but I don't think it's where Microsoft wants it to be yet. I feel like if they were to integrate it into Steam, that's that would be the breakthrough point where it will just shoot up like crazy. 
and even xCloud, they're only like just recently opening it up to other markets like Brazil and Japan and uh, markets like that that can actually have the internet connections to support xCloud. I feel like those are the new territories because I think, again, if they're just going to go by consoles with the supply shortages, they can only grow so fast. So I really hope they got things going for PC. I really hope that they can maybe put it into Steam however they can with Valve, if that's even possible. So um, it's definitely interesting to see how it's going to grow in the next uh, couple years if console production doesn't pick up. So uh, that's my theory anyway. They, they just got to think outside the box, which, again, it's a good thing. They have been doing that. So they just got to keep it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to be honest, like, even with all these different percentages and numbers, like, Xbox Game Pass still really grew by a lot, even if some internal numbers were lagging behind. I mean, again, like, Halo Infinite didn't come out when it was supposed to, and there were some other delays, again, with the whole worldwide situation the way that it has been. These things, again, like, there were some expectations that were gonna be, like, held back. So... Again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Forza Horizon 5 launches, Halo Infinite, and a few other titles uh, moving forward, and a few select high-profile indie games that are coming into the service, or Crossfire X, and so on. Again, I could I could list off a slew of titles there. But, again, what's important is, like, I, I know Phil didn't want to comment directly on the numbers because I think he's holding on to a specific number that they're waiting for, and they just don't want to re uh, release anything just yet or say any numbers at the moment. But, you know, I, I think they're holding back on a certain, uh, sorry, a, thir a certain threshold in any case. Uh, but the service seems to be doing well. Xbox seems to be doing healthy. Um... And again, we're getting some good games. We're getting some really, really awesome titles like uh, games from the GTA trilogy, such as San Andreas Definitive Edition coming to the service. So, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know if I have any time for it, but <laughs> again, like all the mirror, right, Shock? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> but yeah, it does make managing them hard because it's like i was just like i was telling you i was in tales of rise i'm like let me finish this but man that's definitely a longer game and then metroid dread that i had pre-ordered drops i'm like Ugh. and then next week i'm gonna be playing you know the new mario party that's dropping so oh, yeah. i forgot about that actually <laughs> <laughs> so it's like oh, okay I'm, I'll, I'll try my best <laughs> this backlog's never going away no it's amazing oh sorry go, go ahead go ahead Oh, no, I insist, buddy. Go, go ahead, MLD. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just thinking, like, it's just amazing how well it's growing and, I mean, again, continues to grow. Because, again, 37% is still pretty awesome. But it, it's been almost solely on these third-party deals. I'm sure we've had games like, what, Outer Worlds was day one, Gears 5 was day one, Forza Horizon 4, and you got, uh, what, the games uh, last year, like, what, let's see, Wasteland 3, um, yeah, all, all those multiplayer not like we, we've been getting some nice day one games, but I think the bulk of it was just third party deals, the day one games. I think so. The fact that it's it got this far before the first party wave truly hits, uh, it's just it's re it's really encouraging. Like it's just I'm I'm really excited to see where things will be at come January if they were so inclined to to announce something because I think you're right. They're waiting for a threshold. 
I think it's 30 million. They're going to wait for that 30 million. I think by the time the dust settles in January, I think we might get just get there if they play their cards right. I think you're definitely going to see an uptick starting in these next, like starting with November, because uh, you're going to have not only San Andreas, but also Forza Horizon that's going to be a banger. Um, and then Halo's just going to, especially having that free-to-play model, you need Game, game Pass, so that's going to help advertise like the campaign and get more people in. And then right after that, you got Plague's Tale 2 dropping in there, day one, shortly after that, Stalker 2 that looks mm-hmm. amazing, then shortly after that, Redfall, and so on and so forth, and Starfield to, like, you well, know, cement yeah. the end of the year. So you're going to have this steady stream from, like, starting this next month here on out, yeah. where there's going to be constant big first party, let alone third and second party and deals. Keep, so. keep in mind, Shock, too, these are titles that a lot of them nowadays are coming both to Xbox and PC. Uh, we're talking about titles like uh, Warhammer Dark Tide, and again, like I could list off a whole bunch, but just many, many titles. Um, it's going to be expanding. There's going to be a lot of an, a huge new influx of people coming in the next few months. Actually, probably the next six, seven months. Um, I'm not going to speculate on the numbers because that would probably be unfair, but I would say it's a given that the numbers are going to expand uh, quite dramatically from Halo alone. But again, we'll we'll wait and uh, see what Microsoft says on those. But uh, Either way, I mean, Xbox, okay, maybe it had a little bit of a slowdown the, the past quarter, but it's, I, I would say it's a given. It's going to be in an uptick very, very soon. Um, okay, guys, I believe we will move over to our last topic of the evening. And uh, hey, guys in the chat, everybody listening, uh, you know, uh, definitely don't forget to leave a like and share this out and get everybody in to enjoy uh this episode we're having a really good time chatting here i mean again who doesn't like talking about xbox games right um over the last year or so we've heard rumblings of killer instinct possibly getting a new iteration in the series well it seems like it may be a reality i mean we've talked about it on the show a few times you know different things possibly going on with the the game franchise but uh on a recent uh, episode of xbox era podcast uh show friend nick stated that through his sources he can confirm that a new killer instinct game is in active development and that iron galaxy is the not and i repeat not the developer behind it uh centurion pal killer instinct is a property that really it just came out of nowhere at the launch of the Xbox One, and it proved to be a very successful and an enduring title. People really do seem to want KI back. Uh, do you think that we could be seeing the return of KI soon? And if so, like, who do you think could be behind it? Well, just real quick, um, just so everybody knows, I'm over here trimming the bushes of Killer Instinct because I was always a Mortal Kombat fan, um, my experiences with playing Killer Instinct were playing Killer Instinct Gold on an actual like full-size stand-up arcade in an Albertsons growing up as a kid um, because they, they didn't want the Mortal Kombat game there because it was too graphic, so they settled for uh, Killer Instinct. And I actually had a lot of fun playing that stand-up arcade with my friends. Uh, I actually know some of the characters. But I didn't really get on the train of the Xbox One title. I know... 
at least from what I've read about it and the videos I've watched on it. Um, it wasn't, <clears throat> excuse me, it wasn't exactly the barn burner that it is today when it first came out and then Iron Galaxy was brought in and they really gave that game some teeth. And so um, it definitely makes me want to go check it out. Um, that I never have, though. I guess that would be one of the ones in my backlog. But I do believe that Microsoft would put this out there for the success that it did have. They would probably want to bring it back again. It would also perfectly fit the idea of the Game Pass model of putting something like that in Game Pass so people could have access to the base game. And then obviously buy the character packs and all that other good stuff that comes along with that type of game. But from what we all, you said Iron Galaxy is not making this game. They are off doing their own thing. Um, the sources I've been listening to and checked out said that there was two that came up for them, and that was, um, let me see, the first one was Inway, who is known for Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, mm -hmm. and the other one was Demps, who did Street Fighter Four. Those were the two developers that kind of came out, uh, at least from them, that say that they would be a perfect fit for that kind of game. Um, and obviously they have not announced anything that they're working on and nobody has confirmed this game or who's working on it. And it does leave it open for definitely a lot of speculation and the direction that the game is going to go because, um, the guys I listened to, they, they really loved what Iron Galaxy did. So a, a few of them are excited that Killer Instinct is coming back but they are a little trepidatious over the fact that Iron Galaxy is not involved. So this could be a game that would feel completely different than what we're used to, what we got from Iron Galaxy's Killer Instinct. But definitely, because I never experienced that, I don't have any premise to base it on. Um, that's where you guys would probably have a better job at doing that than me. Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't think it necessarily is going to, like, how do I put it? I mean, I think it should still retain a lot of uh, the same character that it did before. I mean, Al Iron Galaxy wasn't the original developer. That was D Double Helix anyways, right? And they did a yeah. good job of expanding what uh, Double Helix did. I mean, I, I really liked uh, Iron Galaxy's uh, newer characters that they brought into the series. I, I liked... Uh, uh, there was there was a lot of nice tweaks to it, but I mean in a new iteration, okay, like for example, I'm gonna I'm just gonna backtrack here a bit. Um, not a lot was expected of Killer Instinct because I I would argue it was more of a budget title for Microsoft. It was originally supposed to be on the Xbox for 360 as well, but it got moved. Yeah, out. I think it was like an Xbox arcade, um, mm -hmm. because Double Helix was just kind of like making some, they were smaller and they were kind of making those type of games and they were like you know what what about making killer because they kind of it was them that kind of brought up uh like making killer instinct mm -hmm. uh from what i remember so they were like really you know really wanting to make that game um and then that that's where the, the, you know microsoft they may have green lit it but it you could tell it was they weren't like fully behind it and the way they kind of released yeah. it by piecemeal and like oh, okay cool okay it's got some buzz and traction and mm -hmm. you know maximilian is you know making this blow up <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then it got bigger and but 
But yeah, I'm definitely excited. That's that's the key. Just get those hungry people that like really like Killer Instinct, but like as far as devs, and get those people together, just like how it was born mm-hmm. with the uh, with the remake. And as long as they keep the the that's the key. As long as they keep the community, and they've actually hired and had Maximilian yes. in part of with the development. Um, so just keep that going because like he he knows killer instinct down to a t so Mm -hmm. um yeah just keep that going and you got like that game is so that great thing about that game is that it's so different than all the other like ai that are live street fighter it's completely different from those games so um you know it can it can sell well it can differentiate it's it can definitely be a big um you know game pass driver because that's the problem when ki released is that it didn't get good reviews because it was just a piecemeal yeah. game and it kind of lost its steam. It never got to release as a full package game on day one. It eventually got there, but that's where stuff kind of games that do that kind of get left behind. They'll be like when you go back to Fallout seventy six. It's like right. you don't hear about this being this big thing, even though it might be great now. People still have that initial taste of like, eh, it's okay. But, yeah, so if they could release a full package game in this new imagining of style KI, that should be a pretty big hit, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the thing is, like, they need to find a team that, as you had alluded to, is passionate about the project. For example, yeah, they were talking to Double Helix, but Double Helix... They were they were a bunch of guys that were really passionate about Killer Instinct, and they all they also had a whole bunch of talent that uh, had a history in some uh, fighting games, if I'm not even mistaken. Uh, that could again they they made a quick demo to show Microsoft, and you know Microsoft was very impressed with what they showed off. That's why they got to do uh, Killer Instinct, and they did it in a short amount of time because. Again, at the time, the studio Double Helix was making, well, you know, quick games that they, that uh, publishers could get out to the market. But they did a, a very good job with Killer Instinct. Uh, they did a very good job for the property. The IP was in good hands. It's just a shame that, well, Amazon had to pick them up. But Iron Galaxy you know, took that, and again, they expanded upon it, and I thought that they did a commendable job on it as well. But, yeah, they need to find a developer that can be a good steward to the series. The thing is, I don't really know too many, like, I don't even want to say fighting game studios. It just, it could be anybody at this point. Because, again, Double Helix weren't exactly known for making fighters. So, and if Iron Galaxy isn't the studio behind it, because they flat out denied it a few times on their social media... And I don't think they're lying, so it's a matter of, okay, I want to believe that this game is an act of development. There's a lot of things that make sense, but who could it be? I mean, like you said, that Power Rangers developer, that is possible, but they're also a very small team, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Centurion, correct? Because don't they only have, like, I mean, they're under 50 people at the very least, right? I didn't check into the size of the developer. I can do that real quick. Um, but at least um, that's where I turn to the guys that are much more passionate about franchises that I am, especially when it comes to Killer Instinct. Mm. 
and um, the at least the one I listened to, they were leaning more towards the the Street Fighter Four developer, um, mm-hmm. Dimps, which is actually, if I'm right, under the Capcom flag. But that's where um, I really do not know about Power Rangers Battle for the Grid because, interestingly enough, I actually did play a little bit of the game and I actually enjoyed it i enjoyed the story that they were trying to push um that's where i'm just is there a storyline to killer instinct or is it just basically just fight yeah there's a storyline like there is a storyline for ki (laughs) like it's it's there there's a lore that's what i mean is it more like lore or is it like mortal Kombat where you have these great big drawn out almost like episodic Uh, style stories i would say more it's more like but yeah. Well, because a lot of text is this you only had. See, that's where uh, that's where if you played Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, it wasn't where you basically sit and watch these massive cutscenes. It was literally just like almost like watching a still cartoon where it was text reading, and then it would just line up the next fight. Um, that's where I mean. Could we really say a smaller developer couldn't pull it off? I mean, we've seen some really small developers this last gen actually pull off great titles. Um, and that's where, um, like, let's look at uh, Ninja uh, Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory is a very small developer, and they actually pull off some really great, beautiful games. I'm, I mean, sky's the limit for some of these indie developers nowadays to be able to do some really cool things. And I... At least they're not giving it to a developer that has no history in fighting. Um, I, that's the only thing I could say is at least what more could you want uh, for somebody to design a fighting game is at least somebody who has a little bit of a background and pedigree. And you never know. Somebody like uh, Inway could want to push their develop, like the development studio further and actually try to maybe grow it by tackling a much larger project. Yeah, that's where they need to take it to a next level is that to give it a story. Like, to be mm-hmm. fair, the first and second one were on the Super Nintendo and N64, so they were only going to have text base. And then with this one, they kind of piecemealed it together and still kept a story, but nothing on the realms, of, uh, you know, on, like, MK11. And that's where I um, think if by some chance Killer Instinct came out and I don't want to say tried to copy Mortal Kombat, but at least tried to create... Um, a story that would be in the game to kind of stretch out, familiarize people with the lore and the characters and actually give them. Cause I feel like that's one of the thing I'm lacking it, for excitement is I really know little to nothing about these characters, unless I'm wanting mm-hmm. to probably sit down and probably watch some videos online and read some articles to really get the full experience. Yeah. It has its own distinct story. It's, it definitely doesn't feel like, Hey, right. this is just, cookie cutter of you know mk11 it has its own distinct story um where it doesn't feel the same the great thing with killer instinct was so different back then as well it took like every little good thing about like some of the fighters mm-hmm. that was back then and kind of put it all into one it was a blast to play so it made an impact it's just well <laughs> it was on the N64, which didn't... If, if Killer Instinct Gold hit PlayStation, it would be way bigger than it was. Um, but since it didn't, <laughs> um, and not many people had N64s back then, especially this thing dropped uh, early on. It was one of the like launch window titles. That's correct. Because um, I was playing the shit out of that when I first got my N64 uh, at launch. So that, that was its main issue. 
So, because it, it, it was definitely a big hit on Super Nintendo, and then this thing hit on a console that not many people had. That's kind of where it's downfall. But if they can hit and put, hey, a story, um, and flesh out some of these characters, and drop that thing all one day pass, that a full package game like that, that'd be huge, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They definitely got to do content as well, though. Because Get that buzz of a 90-plus Metacritic oh, yeah. fighter, like, dropping, that would be huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, as good as it was when it launched, it only had six characters, and I think that affected the reviews. Uh, the oh, yeah. audience dropped off. By the time it has the full roster that, that you know, the game has now, like 26 characters, most of the gaming community moved on, unfortunately. Yeah. So whatever. And they, they, uh, they yeah. reviewed it again, uh, like when it was a complete, more, com- more complete package. Um, and it did get better reviews by that time. No one even knew that that new review is out there on Metacritic. <laughs> yeah, that's no the one thing. cared at the point. Well, yeah, people already moved on, so they they got to launch at least with a decent roster from the start, and then expand from there at the very least. Yeah, and again, the game had a lot of identity mm-hmm. to it, even if it didn't have a lot of content at its launch. I mean. What I found to be one of the most memorable parts of it was actually its music score. Uh, Mick Gordon, who was behind, well, a good portion of the tracks, I realize he didn't do uh, a few of them. And I believe it, he didn't do the third season, but season one and two, they were phenomenal, phenomenal uh, game soundtracks. And I just, I keep going back and listening to them. And he just really captures the essence of a lot of these crazy characters mm-hmm. that are in the KI universe. I I really want to see Mick Gordon behind the music score of this again. Um, not only that, too, guys, but it was one of those games that I just heard a lot of commentary on that the, the online netcode for it was phenomenal when it launched. Even to this day, it has one of the, the best online uh, netcodes for fighters, and I just I really hope that they carry on with that. Uh, because again, if you're playing a very competitive game, a fighter a game, you know, like you can't have uh, too much lag and so on. Otherwise, it just really screws things up. So, again, I just I want to see a really competent team behind this. Like I've seen a few uh, studios in the chat being listed: Arc, Dimps, uh, and obviously in this chat. I wouldn't be surprised if xbox were to create an internal studio to deal with it to be honest with you guys it is possible that we just haven't heard of the studio because they're kind of secret right now i mean that's just me speculating but again if we're having a hard time finding like the studio nether realm is working on a couple of different things um obviously iron galaxy and so on it's kind of slim pickings with the exception of some japanese studios and um and that indie studio that you mentioned that worked on Power Rangers Centurion. Uh, again, like, I'm open to a lot of developers. It could be one totally out of left field. I'm just saying I would not be surprised if they were to take it into their own hands and be like, all right, we'll just poach some talent and uh, create our own studio to deal with Killer Instinct, depending on, again, how they want to grow this fighter, because I think it was very successful for them uh, last gen. So I think it was one of their most successful first-party IPs last gen, actually. So, like, yeah, it was smart what they did to get like they had to do it to release it that way. Otherwise, it would have never been made. Um, just to make sure, because it was free to play when it, it was basically free. They would cycle out a fighter every so often. 
that you'd get to try. Um, and you could just buy the fighters piece by piece. Um, and then I think that's what got some people to like try it. And then it kind of grew from there. So oh, it was very progressive for its time. I mean, it was doing the season model before many games adopted that. Uh, that's free to play off the bat. Like it was, it was very, very good with the ideas they were trying. Mm-hmm. Especially like the way they did like the microtransactions for for the cosmetics, like as a way to for revenue. Uh, I mean, I, I think I even I did that with my like my one or two mains back in the day. <laughs> I'm tempted to get that arcade one up, but man, that's it's pricey. I think it's like eight hundred dollars. <laughs> but. The arcade one-up replica that oh. comes with like all the Battletoad games, I believe, and yeah. then Ki One and Two, um, but it has online play, so you can literally play ar- arcade online from your arcade one-up with other players. So I was disappointed though that they didn't on one side put Spinal, which they have for the Ki One uh, or the Ki One uh, arcade, mm-hmm. but it, cause since it comes with Ki Two. You didn't have this giant, beautiful picture of Orchid on the side. I'm like, this is a missed opportunity. Just KR one and two. Yeah, that got she got me through adolescence back then. <laughs> oh yes, good old uh, Orchid. Uh, believe me, I really enjoyed playing as her uh, you know, when the game launched. <laughs> you know how much I tried on my N64 because I'd watch people play KR one in the in the arcade, and they do that fatality where she unzips yes. and makes the first and i was like okay this has got to be in this game and i tr- it was like the amount of tutorials and like i got so good at the game like this must not be in this game i've mastered this game it's not here <laughs> they just didn't well of course i didn't know nintendo's like you know um trying to be you know kid friendly but obviously that wouldn't have made it into the snes version either so <laughs> um but it was just funny. I I tried my hardest when I was a kid. It's like this got to be in here. No. <laughs> well, they better not tone her down in future games because I tell you, she is a beauty. So I want her to stick around. <laughs> um, actually, now I'm trying to remember who I mained as for the game. I I go to admit, guys, I suck at fighters. But Ki just I have a thing. I've always had a thing for Ki. I used to like play it at the arcade or. Uh, at the drive-in, there would always be like intermissions, and I would play the you know the arcade sections, and Ki would always be there along with like Rampage and whatnot. And I just I loved playing as like Fulgore or oh man, what's another? Spinal is another one. I think those were my two mains. Uh, oh, and well, in recent seasons too, Agonos. Like I just like the variety in Ki. There's a lot of different play styles. Yeah, they and- have really some really awesome. It's like cool characters too. Because uh, this game has combo assist, so you can like, like just like mm-hmm. sloppily enter the commands, and you'll you'll feel like you're you're a pro. Because I'm yeah. not the best at fighting games myself, but I this is by far the best fighting game I'm at. I, I'm at. So with the new game, I really hope this 2013 Killer Instinct that essence is carried forward for the most part. Because it really they really nailed the accessibility, in my opinion. Well, yeah, you look good even when you're getting your ass beat. Yes, because you gotta yeah. know like how because all that work you put into it, you have to know how to like cash in the combos. Otherwise, it's all for nothing. But it still looks like you're holding your own, not getting destroyed, even though you are. <laughs> but yeah, 
Yeah, uh, and believe me, I've had my ass handed to me uh, quite a few times, even by the CPU on uh, some of the harder difficulties, but I just enjoy it. I enjoy looking at the stages. Again, guys, like the music was a huge thing for me. So even if I was getting my butt kicked or things didn't go my way, it was like, well, you know, I had uh, a cool stage to look at. The characters just looked badass, and I was just enjoying myself. And that's a sign of a really good game to me. You can get your ass handed to you, but you're still having a good old fun time. Um, but yeah, I really hope that there is a new iteration of Killer Instinct coming. I always thought there would be. So, and Phil has said that, again, he would love to see it. You know, he just needs to find a team. And uh, it seems like he's done that, whether it be internally created or just, again, it could be a random studio that we may have not even thought of. Or heck, even like an internal studio that they already have. Like, I don't know, I'll, I'll throw one out there. Maybe like one of... Like, for example, Ninja Theory. They have, uh, what, two studios? Maybe Ninja Theory's working on it. I don't know. Just just, uh, just, put, just putting an idea out there. I know they got a few different things on the go, but who knows? It could be anybody. Could be anybody. Um, but I think on that note, guys, uh, with all that said and covered, we will start to end things off for tonight's show. And I gotta say a big thanks to everyone who tuned in tonight to uh, kick back, relax, and just listen to us talk about Xbox and games overall. And it's always uh, great seeing you all here. If you enjoyed the show tonight, then hey, remember, hit that like button, share this show out all across social media, and sub to the channel. Because you want to keep up to date with all the TXR guys, right? Uh, let's get to a whole bunch of these outros now, starting with, uh, you know what, Eric, I'll start with you, Shockley buddy. Uh, really, really appreciated your thoughts tonight, pal. Uh, where can everybody follow you at? Yeah, as always, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter, EasyShock on Xbox Live. But yeah, great show tonight. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this uh, Forza. I'm, wonder I'm trying to see what my prediction is going to be for that, uh, that Forza Horizon uh, Metacritic. So, but yeah, de definitely uh, expecting some high. Hi, thanks today, and yeah, I almost totally forgot. I was about to go to bed and totally forgot 9 a.m. Set your alarms <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. the Halo gameplay. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Ditto, pal, ditto. Moving on over to General MLD. Uh, buddy, always great having your voice on. Uh, you're a real compliment to the show. Where can everybody, all these fine people tuning in, uh, follow you at? Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, Twitter is at MLD Ghost. YouTube channel General MLD. Uh, as always, it was great to uh, talking news, talking gaming, talking Xbox, and I cannot wait for that Halo campaign tomorrow. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that next week. <laughs> yeah, I I have a feeling that's gonna be on the docket for sure, pal. Uh, moving on over to Centurion, buddy. Uh, Again, like everyone else, you had some really great commentary tonight. Uh, where can all these fantastic uh, viewers and listeners fi find you at? Well, uh, for starters, thank you, gentlemen, for another amazing Sunday night show. Thank you to the chat and everyone tuning in. It's always great to be here and socialize with everyone. Uh, for those interested in finding me, you can find me at Centurion1307 on Xbox Live, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube. Uh, finally starting to uh, get the content mill starting to fire back up over there. Um, and for those also wanting to enjoy more of my podcasts, obviously I'm here every Sunday night with these fine gentlemen that are like my second fam. 
You will also find me every Saturday night with the other half of my second fam over on the shop podcast. And yeah, I mean, great way to cap off the week for me. Yeah, well said, my friend. And uh, naturally, to round things off, to round the group off, this is Invader. And you can find my content on YouTube over at Invader Gaming. I'm also on a number of different uh, alternative media sites such as BitChute, Minds, and so on. Same name, Invader Gaming. You know where to find me. Uh, excellent show all around. And we look forward to seeing you all here for next week's offerings. Yeah, looks like we're already going to have a lot to talk about. So uh, definitely... Uh, Set your alarms and book the date on the calendar. We will be here next Sunday to talk all things Xbox and more. Later, everyone. Have a good night.